welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 145. I thought that 144 episodes would keep you all busy for a while, but apparently not, (laughs) because I began getting messages from listeners saying, hey, are you taking the holidays off? So here I am. Got to get some episodes going for you guys. I did take a little break. My daughter was out for Thanksgiving. I had the pleasure of showing her around my new hometown and um, just had a lot of fun. So, but I am here to podcast and today I want to talk about widow sadness. Like, that's the overwhelming thing for us, right? So I had a couple of things I want to share with you. The first one is um, a post that someone from the Widow Coaching Center membership posted. And I checked in with her. She gave me permission to share this with all of you. Um, The membership is a closed site. It's the subscription membership website and the membership group for members of the Widow Coaching Center going through the video series from month to month and uh, beginning to move their lives forward. So one of our new members posted and said, um, I think I'm missing something. And she was doing a coaching model, which I teach in the Widow Coaching Center, how to coach yourself using the model of circumstance, which is pure fact, the thought you have about it, how that thought makes you feel, And when you feel that way, how do you show up? What do you do or what do you don't do when you feel like that? And then when you explore all those actions, you look at what the result is in your life. And what this does is it helps demonstrate pretty clearly to you exactly how your thinking plays out in your life as results. It's that old adage Oh my gosh, I think the first time I heard this was back in the 1970s that your thoughts create your reality. And they really do because your thoughts are really driving your emotions and your emotions are driving what you're doing. And that's what creates results in your life. So she did a model with on the sea line, um, Jeff died, it's her husband. And on the thought was, I miss you. Her feeling was sad, and her action was to cry. And she asked, what sort of thought can I have that would lead me to have a different feeling? Jeff would say to me, if he were here, when you think of me, it should make you happy, not sad. But that does not follow the circumstance. It's an excellent question, right? 
because so many of us are wanting to right away change that sad emotion. And if you stay in sad for too long, surely you want to shift out of it. But we all have that same basic model, right? Our husbands died is the fact. Uh, and we have thoughts like, you know, I really miss you, right? Makes us sad. When I answered her back, I told her, you're not missing a thing except the R line, which would probably be missing Jeff, right? The result of thinking I miss you and cry, being sad and crying about it. And the result is she continues missing Jeff. That's the important part. And it's not wrong or negative by all means, unless you're ready to let go of some of the sadness, right? But being sad all in and of itself after your husband dies is not a bad thing. It's not a wrong thing. If you stay in sadness, if you stay in depression and isolation, yeah, we need to help you work on your thoughts and beliefs so that you can find a way to begin taking steps towards your own life, right? But the first real work is the understanding that, first of all, the fact your husband died is not what's creating the sadness. I know, I know it sounds crazy, right? It's science, and it's also empowering. If you think, I miss him, that creates the sadness. And again, the sad is not negative or wrong, it's your choice. Yeah, when Jim died, I chose sadness, along with a whole bunch of other emotions, right, that went on. However, I found a lot of the other emotions were not what I wanted to choose. They were like muddying up the grief, okay? Emotions like fear and depression and anger and regret and being lonely and feeling guilt and even feeling jealousy. I began putting each of those emotions in a model as they showed up and understanding what I was choosing to think that was making me feel that feeling. Let me try to explain a little better for you because it's hard to follow when I'm just talking about this on a podcast. This is a big piece of what I teach, okay? When you are feeling anger, right? Even if it's a fleeting moment, because I know when Jim first died, I had like a hundred emotions a day. They were like fleeting, bang, 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 all over the place. Even if it's a fleeting moment, you can write down anger on a piece of paper. Like I felt angry for a minute. And then ask yourself, what was I telling myself that made me feel angry? Maybe it's just a simple thought like, why did he have to die now? Right? Why did he leave me now? He's supposed to be here for this. I hear that a lot from widows, you know, like the birth of a grandchild. And their thought is he was supposed to be here for this and he's not. And it stirs up this feeling of anger. And then they're surprised by that. Like, and they've, then they go right to guilt. Like, how can I be angry at my dead husband? I'm such a horrible widow. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not horrible. You're a normal widow. We go through all these things. So I had models 
right after Jim died, it kind of looked like this. The circumstance was Jim died. Now, it's hard to think of that as something neutral, but facts really are neutral until we think things about them. If he had died where I couldn't see that he died, I wouldn't have immediately felt anything. It wasn't until somebody maybe would tell me that I would have a thought about his dying, right? So Jim died is kind of a neutral fact. I had thoughts like, this thought really surprised me. I had momentarily thought, maybe we didn't demonstrate our love enough to each other. And it made me feel regret. Right? Like really regretful. My actions were to mentally start reviewing like the last day that we spent together before he died, the last week, the last month together. My mind was like spinning and looking for what we had talked about. Like, did I say I love, I love you enough? Did we argue? And I would then shut down and withdraw from the world in my regret and sadness. And the result was I stopped demonstrating love for myself or love to anyone else because my brain just wanted to search for negative. It's a crazy thing our brain will do. It's designed to protect us from danger. That's why our brain scanning for negative is actually trying to protect us. It, it's constantly looking like for hungry tigers to keep the human race alive. But in this case, my brain was not serving me. The thought wasn't serving me, right? The thought like, did we demonstrate our love to each other enough? And my brain wanting to scan and say, you know, oh my gosh, did I tell him I loved him the day that he died? Did, did we argue? What did we talk about? So how to change that? How do you change that? First, you change it by understanding the thought, like my thought, maybe we didn't demonstrate our love enough to each other. It's an optional thought. I didn't have to let my brain run on and on with that thought. I learned finally that my thoughts were not necessarily me. It was just programming in my brain. It was just neurons firing in my head, like little apps running in my brain. So I intentionally sat down and began to look for all the ways we demonstrated love for each other. There were a ton right? I began to find new thoughts about our unique relationship because every relationship is unique to the two people in that relationship. And I found new thoughts to think. My brain still kicked out previous programming on occasion, right? It would still revert to maybe we didn't demonstrate our love enough to each other. But as soon as I realized it, and I, usually it's because I would feel that emotion begin welling up and then I would notice, oh, I see my brain is thinking that thing again. And I would tell myself, I see you brain, but I'm not focusing on that. <laughs> then I would think we showed our love in so many little ways all the time. Right? That thought was amazing. And it was true. I could write that thought on a piece of paper and look at it and know 100% that was true. And it creates a model, a model that on the circumstance line, it says Jim died. 
the thought line says we showed our love in so many little ways. And the feeling that generated within me was loved and loving. My actions were to smile to myself, outwardly shine and share love in little ways with others that I encounter, and also to begin to love myself a lot. And the result was I look on the world with kindness and I show love. Kind of an amazing model loop I found. It was like a keeper. Whenever my brain strays to some of those ugly thoughts, I can just go back to all the ways that we showed ourselves. We showed our love to each other in so many different ways, right? I never went to sleep at night that he didn't lean over and give me a kiss and say good night. You know, um, he would make me a cappuccino in the middle of the day and just slip into my office and leave it sitting on my desk for me. All those little things that we did for each other, demonstrating our love, just running my hand across his back as I walked by him in the kitchen, you know, that just that loving touch, that loving pat. We had so many of those, and I can look at that now, and that makes me feel loved to this day still. So that's just one example of the work I did on my emotions and thoughts during this journey. I've done hundreds over the years. It's not something that takes a lot of time, right? It's learning to be observant of what you tell yourself. It's understanding that each thought plays out in your emotions and creates results in your life. It becomes like brushing your teeth once you start learning how to catch your thoughts, observe your thoughts, do thought downloads, notice them, right? It becomes habit. So know that, yes, your brain is going to bounce all over the place. And it's okay to choose what sounds like negative emotions. You know, sadness sounds like, oh, it's a negative emotion. I shouldn't be sad. Maybe you want to be sad for a little while. You are more than right to choose to feel sad. Life is not always about one long string of positive emotions. We're human beings. We get to feel the negative too. That's part of our journey here. But when it's time, when you begin thinking like my member in the Widow Coaching Center, she said it so eloquently. Let me find that post again here. I mean, this was just perfect when she said, oh, Jeff would say to me if he were here, when you think of me, it should make you happy, not sad. And the truth is, and I tell this to her and to all the members of my center and to all my listeners and all my followers and book readers, there is a time when it will make you happy and not sad to think of your husband. That's part of the healing process. I say this, it's been almost five years for me. I've done a lot of self-coaching work over five years. You know, I, I look back and it's like, wow, I've really come a long way. The truth is that now there's so many memories that spring out of the past, even catch me by surprise, and they bring me such joy. I can just 
feel happiness about it. I talked about, I don't know if I podcasted this or not. I know I've talked to some of my students about it. Um, there was this little thing that Jim used to do years ago. <laughs> this goes back, I can't remember why, but I was like politically really angry with France and Germany, okay? This is a political thing. I think at that time, the New York Post even had a picture of the UN and the members and France and Germany had weasel heads on them. So um, also around that time, Jim was uh, brushing up on his Italian and brushing up on, you know, several different languages. He was learning French and he had downloaded um, these little programs on his computer for languages. And the icons were like a red dot, each one. It had the, the country's name on it. Like there was a red dot and it said Italy. And there was a red dot and it said France. The background on his computer, he had a picture of me. I know, sweet, right? And a picture of me as the background on his computer. Before you think he's so sweet to do that, hear me out. When I did something that annoyed him, he grabbed the red dot that said France and he put it on my nose on the desktop picture. And he said, I have put France on your nose because you have misbehaved. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, he was a character. And that became a thing, right? Anytime that, you know, he wanted to get my goat, he would drag the France icon over and put that red dot on my nose that said France and say, France is on your nose. I had forgotten this memory, entirely forgotten this memory. But one day I was uploading the replay of a class for the, my widow coach course. And um, after I record our video classes and then I put the replay up in our secret group so that anyone that missed it or wants to go back and watch it, they can watch it. And when you put a video up, it has like a still from the video. And when I uploaded that onto Facebook, the still was like a picture of me and the arrow to play the video was right on my nose. And I looked at that and I, that memory came flooding back. I started laughing. I like looked up at the ceiling and said, are you putting France on my nose again? What have I done? <laughs> right? But here's the point. It was something that triggered an old memory that I had not thought about for a decade, I think. And it didn't make me sad. It made me laugh. It made me sit back with a big smile on my face and reminisce about that and think, oh, that devil, that's right. He used to put friends on my nose. <laughs> there will come a day as you work through all the emotions that come with the loss, right? If you can learn to self-coach, if you can learn how to watch the thoughts that you tell yourself and notice them and find the thoughts that, that work better for you, I think that's the most amazing thing. And that's what will take you on this journey out of sadness into feeling joy when you think about him. So I say to my member, Randy, joy is going to come. It will in time. And if it's time now and you want to work on that more, 
let's do it on our next live coaching call that we do for the Widow Coaching Center. Each month I do that QA call. We've got one coming up shortly this month. Get on that call with me so we can talk that through, okay? I would love to see you on the call. And everybody, listen, um, as we are going through the holidays here, I'm a little low-key going through Thanksgiving and Christmas and all of that. But towards the end of January, I'm starting another cycle for the Widow Coach Certification course, Widow Coaches class. If you are interested, reach out to me in email or go to, I think it's widowcoaches.com and you can put in your name and email address and um, then reach out to me. Email me. My email is joanne, J-O-A-N-N, at joannethelifecoach.com. Drop me an email and say, hey, I'm really interested in the January course and think I would like to invest in this and learn. In that course, you'll learn how to coach other widows. You learn the actual life coaching tools that I used coaching widows and building a, a business as a widow coach. I have a lot of widows, though, that take the course really just for their own personal growth. They at first don't intend to build a business. Maybe you don't need to build a business. You don't want to build a business. That's okay because this 12-week course is the most amazing transformation you will ever experience. It is so worth the investment. And yes, we can take you from constant sadness into finding some joy in your life because that's what it's all about. So you all, I'm glad you missed me <laughs> when I didn't podcast over Thanksgiving. And I will um, make sure that I am podcasting now throughout the end of the year. You got me, you guys. Get out there and find some joy in your day. Thank you.